0: Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, and incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That is right. We are Wagering Week. We have a lot to get into today. I want to hear from you. 855 the number four, G A R T E N. Facebook and Twitter, it's Sports Garden, G A R T E N iTunes, iArtRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That is how you can get us. And of course, SportsGarden.com for everything. Guys, we got a lot to talk about. I know basketball's on everyone's mind. I get it. But today, we're going to talk a little bit about betting baseball. I do want to get into this huge Dolphins trade, a little NBA stuff if we have time. So a lot to get into. I don't want to waste any time. Let's dive right in. I am not someone, and I mentioned this on my other shows, I'm not someone that uh, makes these outrageous comments. Uh, We know the talking heads that are on the midday shows, right? They say ridiculous things that they don't believe, but it gets viewers. It gets clicks. It gets likes. It gets whatever. I'm not one of those people. So when I come out here and I say that the Miami Dolphins... Made the best trade I can ever remember. Maybe in any sport. No, I'm serious. We are looking at trades, and usually you evaluate trades when we all know all the information. When it's all done, said and done, right? Nolan Ryan goes, oh, here we go, right? Herschel Walker trade. Well, that took a lot of uh, planning and a lot of accurate picks, right? Those are after-fact trades. Um, the Mitch Trubinsky trade, people called out right away. They kind of knew that was bad. He moved up one spot, right? Okay, so I'm talking about, in the moment, as a team concept, this is one of the greatest trades ever. The Dolphins could go out and pick the wrong guy. The guy who was at the number three spot could go out and become a perennial pro bowler, Super Bowls, Hall of Famer. It's still a great trade. An absolutely great trade. The Miami Dolphins made a trade with San Francisco. They traded up um or they traded down from the number 3 spot down to the 12. They got a first rounder, a third round first rounder next year, first rounder the year after and a third rounder this year to move down 9 spots. That was a great trade. You move down only 9 spots, pick up two first rounders. That's fantastic. Then Miami did some more dealing. They gave up next year's first rounder that they just grabbed from San Francisco. They had it for about an hour. And they traded back into the top six. and They went to number six. So when all is said and done, the Miami Dolphins moved down three spots in this year's draft. Three spots grabbed a first and a third. What this tells me and why this draft was so great, first of all, moving down three spots is, is phenomenal in itself, right? I mean, that's just a phenomenal situation. You move down three spots, you pick up a first, that's great. Third, whatever, that's cake, it, it, it's icing, right? But the idea that Miami stuck with what their game plan was and what is their game plan? We're going in on Tua. Tua is our guy. I mean, that's what you're looking at. Tua is the guy. You could not like Tua or like him, it doesn't really matter. The team concept is they chose a direction. Now, when they move down from three to six, I like it so much because I still think they're going to get their guy at six, okay? We're looking at a draft of epic proportions, right? And you look at one, two, three, and four. Right now, people are generally saying one, two, three, and four, all going to be quarterbacks. I mean, that's what we're looking at. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Maybe the Jets stick with Sam Darnold, which they grab a Penny Sewell right there, which would mean – Miami wasn't going to get him anyway. The Miami Dolphins were looking at number three, and the moment that they decided to not take a quarterback, this draft turned on its head. Because there's a very good chance that the Jets pull a Jets, and they don't take a quarterback here, and they go one quarterback, two, the Jets go Penny Sewell, three quarterback, four quarterback, maybe even five quarterback. And the Miami Dolphins are in a position where they get their guy. I truly believe their guy is Kyle Pitts. I think that's who their guy is. I think that they look at the offense. They say, we're going in on Tua. Well, Tua, you know, he needs some, some big players. Well, they got Will Fuller. Devontae Parker's very good, okay? They got Gusecki. Kyle Pitts is a different kind of uh, player than Gazeki. And let's remember, their starting, I mean, their head coach was a starting uh, defensive coordinator watching what Bill Belichick did and watching, oh, okay, wait a minute, two tight end sets. That is successful. That's a successful formula. Two tight end sets with Pitts and ho Oh, now it opens it up. It also um, makes you think, okay, you know what? Miami Dolphins have have a plan here. They got a lot of draft picks. They got a ton. Now they understand. I think it was very, very aggressive. Very, very good move for them. And even if, they, if Pitts doesn't work out or they go with somebody else, they go with a Penny Sewell, whoever they get, the idea that in a vacuum, I could trade you a player, move down three spots, and go get a number one. In a vacuum, everyone's taking Every team's taking that in the draft. That's the Miami Dolphins side of it. The San Francisco 49ers side, I'm less than encouraged, but, but uh, this could work out very well. I think Miami Dolphins slam dunk. Bam! This was huge. I think San Francisco was a, was a dice roll. You're gambling here. Because the San Francisco 49ers are moving up, and they don't know who they're taking. They don't know who's going to be available there. Shanahan's idea, and we've heard the conversations, uh, Shanahan wants a young quarterback to develop. I don't blame him. He is a offensive guru. I don't want to call anybody jeans but he's an offensive guru, right? He got to a Super Bowl with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, and maybe he feels like he can get there again. We've heard Shanahan say, hey, Jimmy gives us a great chance to win this year. John Lynch said, oh, Jimmy, G gives us a chance to win this year. I believe they fully believe that. I do. But they also know Jimmy Garoppolo has been injured. And Shanahan alluded to this. Jimmy Garoppolo missed his entire first year in San Francisco. The next year he was healthy, went to the Super Bowl. Year Last year, injured the entire year. So Jimmy Garoppolo has is, is been a banged up kind of player. Shanahan's saying, you know what? You give me a healthy quarterback, even at Jimmy G's level, I showed you. I I could go to the Super Bowl. Not only show... I had a lead in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, man. I was there. Give me somebody to play with. The organization is all in on Shanahan. The problem that I have is that you moved up. If you're going to move up, be aggressive. Give away two first-rounders. It's big. It's for your guy. Right? Just on a... On a primal football level, I'm going to do it all for my kind of player. My guy. This is our dude. That mentality I could get behind, even if I disagree. I disagreed with the Chicago Bears making uh, the trade, but I backed it up because they got their guy. They wanted Trubinsky no matter what. Now, it wound up being wrong. Okay. But I like the conviction. I like the game plan. They don't know who's going to be there. They don't have any idea. They are looking at, maybe in their room, they're going, okay, we want Wilson, but we could take fields. Well, you just traded two first-rounders for add ah, the secondary guy. I think it's a terrible situation there. Now, it could work out fine. The Jets could pull the Jets, like I said, give them their choice, or maybe whoever lands at three is actually the better player and Shanahan develops them. That's fine. I don't like the conviction situation. Then you got the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles, I think, are the losers in this this equation. Now, the Eagles did pick up a first-rounder. I like it. And you're going from 6 to 12 to pick up a first-rounder. You can't get that mad about it, right? But the problem is the conviction. The Eagles have made it very well known to everybody. Jalen Hurts is our guy. This is who we're riding, ride or die, man. Jalen Hurts is our guy. Got rid of Carson Wentz, didn't bring in um, any competition. Joe Flacco, 75 years old. I mean, they didn't do anything. He's our guy. So we're going to go get him pieces to succeed. There's rumors that Zach Ertz is out of town. Okay, you know, this is our guy. All right, we're going to get you good things. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. At the sixth pick, which the Eagles had, you you know, you have a choice here. You you have a choice of potentially a Kyle Pitts. You don't think Pitts with Hertz would have been, oh, that would have been great. You you have the potential of your choice of wide receiver. Maybe a Penny Sewell goes there. Maybe he falls to there. The best offensive tackle in the draft. Maybe. But you're going to go get Jalen Hurts a big, boom, offensive weapon. Whether it be to protect him or to throw to, you're getting him someone. Now you fall down to 12, and I wonder what Philly's going to be left with. I'm not sure. I wonder what Philly's going to go do. And you look at two different franchises here. The Miami Dolphins said, I'm going all in with Tua. Their fan base questioned it. NFL insiders questioned it. But they said, we're going all in and watch what we're going to put around him. The Eagles said, we're going all in with Jalen Hurts. People questioned it. The fan base questioned it. NFL insiders questioned it. And they said, watch what we're going to put around him. Really? What are you putting around him? And that really, to me, is the crux of all of this, is two is going to get the support. Hurts doesn't look like he's going to get the exact same support. Now, things could fall in the draft, and, and you know, maybe they got the Heisman Trophy there, winner there with him, right? It's possible. I, I've seen people saying Jamar Chase could go. I, we'll see where it goes, but I didn't like the aspect of you could go get a dominant offensive force, or you're going to take a shot at a wide receiver. Because to me, the three wide receivers in the draft this year, they're, they're still wide receivers. And I know I undercut wide receivers all the time, but they're still wide receivers. We just had a, a, an offseason where Kenny Galladay could have been had. They, they could have done that. And then go get Galladay. Maybe I would have felt better about this. But the Eagles didn't really make that, that impact offensive move. So I expected them to do it in the draft. I expected them to say, okay, we're going to protect the guy that we're backing up. The guy that they're backing up is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is their guy. They're not going out and getting the best on the offensive tackle. They're not going out and they're getting a a transitional tight end. Those guys won't be there. They're not going to be there. So could they get a secondary offensive lineman? Sure. Okay. Is that going to make the Eagles fans feel better? Probably not. Are they going to be able to go out there and get one of these wide receivers? Probably. Do we think that these wide receivers are going to walk onto the field and dominate with Jalen Hurts throwing to them? Up for debate. I mean, that's where I look at it with these three trades. Now you unravel a little bit more and you start to hear Jimmy, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo going to New England. Oh, wait a minute. Now your ears perk up. Now you're a little intrigued. Remember, I said I thought Cam Newton would have a great year if he was a starter. I actually still think from a fantasy perspective he will because he's going to run a little bit. But we know he's not the leader. We know that Cam Newton isn't the guy to lead the Patriots. And they didn't give him a contract. To be the guy, he's an insurance policy, okay? If we were sponsored by an insurance company right now, we'd we'd be talking about that because that's what he is, the Cam Newton insurance policy. That's who he is. And Cam Newton will maybe have to be a backup to Jimmy Garoppolo, very potentially. I still think that Bill Belichick has something going on. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's got a trade that he's looking at, at Atlanta, maybe. But I hear the Jimmy G rumors, and they tend to make a little bit of sense. They they absolutely do. So with all that said, I did want to uh, take a quick look at the draft order. This is not a draft show. We have a month before the draft. I'm going to have Tony Pauline on. We, we have some draft guys that we're definitely going to dive in. But because of this big trade, I wanted to talk about the draft order and kind of at the early onset who I think um, is going to make out well and and what we're looking at. Look, Seattle, one of the reasons why Russell Wilson wants out of town, by the way, is because the Seahawks have the fewest picks. They have three picks this year. Three. The Eagles just added to their stable. They now have 11. So the Eagles have 11 picks. The uh, Seahawks only have three. New England forfeits their third round pick because of the filming of the Bengals sideline in 2019. Minnesota loses a seventh round pick because of a salary cap violation, just so you know. So here we go. Jacksonville is sitting at number one. The Jaguars are at number one. They are taking Trevor Lawrence. On a betting aspect, you can't even really bet it anymore. It's like, it really is. It's like 10000 20000 to one. You're not going to bet this. Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. There will be some smokescreen here. There will be some people that, that throw foolish money. Well, you never know what could happen. No, no, no. We know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. The New York Jets are number two, and this will send the entire draft into total shambles. Because... The New York Jets are going to do either one of two things. Either draft a quarterback here, and if they draft a quarterback, that means Sam Donald immediately becomes available in this draft. I expect if the New York Jets draft a quarterback at two, Sam Donald to be traded before the end of the day. I mean, honestly, that's how quick it's going to happen. Or they stay with Sam Donald, and they go get a number of guys. Maybe they love the wide receiver. Right? Maybe they love Penny Sewell. Maybe they go crazy and take Kyle Pitts at number two. Maybe. I say go crazy just because it would be crazy to think a, a, a tight end would go there. The Jets could also trade out of this spot, and that's why I didn't love the San Francisco situation. A team that needs a franchise quarterback, uh-huh, maybe the New England Patriots, right, can jump up to that number two spot. Now, New England and the Jets are not going to make a trade, okay? I was just giving a, a, a hypothetical uh, maybe the Chicago Bears. Eh, no, they love Andy Dalton at and one. But somebody could jump up. So the, what the Jets do is going to throw this entire draft into complete and utter mayhem. San Francisco is at three. I fully expect them to take a quarterback at three. Now, is it going to be Wilson? Not sure if he's going to be there. Is it going to be Fields? Well, it should be one of the two. I don't think that they're going to trade up to get Trey Lance, although I'm hearing a lot of rumors that they are in love with Mac Jones. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I know Mac Jones is is skyrocketing in people's drafts. I don't know about San Francisco trading up to number three to get him because I think they could have traded up to, like, five or six and probably still got him. Speaking of, Atlanta at four. Another interesting situation. They didn't get rid of Matt Ryan, but they clearly were thinking about maybe moving on from him, which means this would be a perfect spot for a guy like Trey Lance. Look, Trey Lance is phenomenal. I talked about Trey Lance two years ago. Okay, we had uh, Division Two college football guys on talking about Trey Lance. The guy basically doesn't throw interceptions, but he had a whole year where he didn't play. Right. He's very much a project guy. It wouldn't be terrible for Atlanta to grab a guy like Trey Lance, put him as a backup to Matt Ryan for a year, maybe two. Now, I don't think that in the NFL today people are sitting too long. You have to win during that short window. But Trey Lance is one of those guys. So if one is Lawrence and two, let's say, the Jets take Wilson and three, uh, San Francisco takes Fields and four is Trey Lance, that's all very possible. But if the Atlanta Falcons are sitting there and they have a chance for Trey Lance or Justin Fields, let's just say, because the Jets keep San Darnold, uh, do you think they're taking him? I-, I think that they have to go Fields there instead of the project. So this is where it gets interesting. Five is Cincinnati. We know Cincinnati doesn't need a quarterback 100%. Uh, I have tabbed Cincinnati for Penny Sewell since I saw the draft order come out. It really hasn't changed for me. I don't think the Jets take Sewell at two. Um, I don't think the fan base will, will accept that. I don't see San Francisco or Atlanta doing it. I think Penny Sewell, protect Burrow, who just got hurt, got sacked a ton of times this year. It makes perfect sense. Miami Dolphins, I think they're going Kyle Pitts at six. It just makes sense to me. Now, the Detroit Lions are not going to go quarterback. Okay? The Carolina Panthers will go quarterback at nine. Uh, at eight. Denver Broncos are at nine. They want a quarterback. So Denver is at nine. Carolina's at eight. Detroit is wide open to trade. And maybe Denver has to jump over Carolina for a trade. I'm giving you guys trade scenarios because they are very entertaining. I expect Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and yes, Mac Jones. Four quarterbacks I expect, and Wilson, sorry. Uh, Four quarterbacks I expect to be chosen in the first five. Mac Jones will be taken six to ten. Five quarterbacks in the first ten picks. That's what I expect out of this year's draft five quarterbacks taken. Which, if you are an Eagles fan, you're going, okay, well, you know what? We go get wide receivers. Now, I think if the Lions stay there, which they might not, if the Lions stay there, they go get a wide receiver. They just lost Kenny Galladay. They got to go do it. So they get one. But you have Waddle, you have Mr. Heisman, and you have Chase. So you have three, okay? So if they take one, if the Lions take one, um, very potentially you look at maybe the Giants taking one, even though I think they go defense. So the Eagles could get their choice. But this could also go sideways in a hurry with people trading up. It'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Just to give you the rest of the of the list, and then uh, we'll take a quick break here. The rest of the list, Dallas is 10, Giants are 11, Phillies 12, Chargers 13, Minnesota's 14, New England's 15. It's going to be hard for New England to move into that group to, to make a deal because the Jets would be ready to make a deal. Miami at 6 might even make a deal. Uh, they're both in the division. 7 is their only possibility with Detroit. So that's 1 through 15. Cardinals, Raiders, Dolphins again at 18, Washington's 19, Bears are 20, Indy, Tennessee, Jets again at 23, 24, Pittsburgh, 25, Jacksonville, 26, Browns, 27, Ravens, 28, Saints, 29, Packers, and the Bills, Chiefs, and Bucks. So you see, in the first round, Jacksonville's got two of the top 25 picks, that's pretty impressive, the Jets have two of the top 23 picks, that's very impressive, and the Dolphins have two of the first 18 picks, so... Things are going to be happening in the East, (laughs) the the Dolphins and Jetson. Things are going to be happening in Florida between Jacksonville and Miami. All right, let's take a quick timeout. We'll be back right after this on Wagering Week. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get to gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're right. What are the odds? What are the odds? Oh, we're talking a little NFL draft, right? Let's talk about the draft odds. Odds that the first running back will be picked. Who is it? Well, Travis Entienne is a minus 130. Najee Harris is plus 120. Javante Williams, want to roll the dice? That is plus 700 on the board. That is what are the odds? I got to tell you guys, listen, at the end of the day, I I, I can't imagine that Entienne won't go first. Uh, but I'm seeing a lot of steam on Najee Harris. A lot. I'm looking at the draft order here. And I'm looking at who might be in the line to to take a running back. And you're looking at, let, let's get out of the top ten because it's not going to happen. Giants, Philly, Chargers, Minnesota, they're not doing it. Patriots won't spend a 15 on them. Uh, Cardinals, they got their guy. Or so did the Raiders. Miami at 18? You know, could they go running back at 18? Uh, you know... I'm not sure. I I think 18 is a little high for a running back at that point, but they are missing one. Look, eh, I don't know. I'll say possible. Washington's not taking and Neither is Chicago. Neither is Indy. Neither is Tennessee. Jets at 23 makes a lot of sense. But again, you know, it is the Jets. It kind of depends what they take it to, doesn't it? Doesn't it really make a, a lot of sense? But we'll say those two. So Miami at 18, I'm going to say the percentage. Let, let's, let's play a little bit, right? Miami at 18, um, let's play percentages. I'm going to say running back at 18, at less than 20% chance. I think that's fair. I think that's a, that's a fair number, okay? The Jets at 23, to take a running back at 23, I believe you're looking at like a like a good solid 40% chance. I don't think it's quite 50-50. I think the Jets have a shot. Pittsburgh at 24 makes some sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay? They have their wide receivers. We got we got that. They definitely have a defense. They need some offensive linemen, of course. Pittsburgh at 24. ton of sense here. Pittsburgh at 24, I'd be looking at. I'm going to go, you know... I'm going to say it's 65%, 60%. I don't, just because running backs in the first round at this point are a rarity as it is. But, okay, so that's three teams we have. Jacksonville, 25. It would be cool to see Lawrence and NTN back-to-back, but they have Robinson. They're not going to waste a pick there. Cleveland, absolutely not. Baltimore, no way. New Orleans, absolutely not. Green Bay, just re-signed Jones, or us. that would be a destination. No way. Buffalo at 30 needs a running back pretty desperately, right? Um, but they just keep spending picks on them. Uh, and you look at who they got last year, who they got the year before that, different kind of players. Singletary didn't really pan out, but maybe he's got a little upset. I don't think Buffalo spends it on 30 here. And I know I know so many people are really, really pounding the table for Buffalo to go. So we'll, we'll put him in the group of four, but I think it's, Less than 50-50 there as well. Kansas City at 31. Well, they're not doing it. And while I stared at Tampa Bay and I thought that Tampa Bay would be that kind of team, they just re-signed Leonard Fournette. So, we'll put Tampa Bay in that mix. Five potential landing spots for a first-round pick for, for running back. Okay? Five potential spots. I truly don't think that Miami Dolphins are going to do it at 18. It would be cool, but I don't think so. I don't think Tampa Bay would do it at 32. I'm off of Buffalo doing it at 30. I think that they need him. I think that it would be fantastic. I, I just don't think that they're going to do it. So basically, it's between the Jets and Pittsburgh, 23-24. And I just read you the odds, right, of Travis Antien, uh and, and Harris, 23-24. I'm not ruling it out that they, they could go 23 and 24. <laughs> how about that? How about, how about I'm not ro- ruling it out that they absolutely could go back-to-back and go 23 and 24. Javante Williams, I think, is the second-round pick. Uh, you know, that's 700. At pl- plus 120, I might throw a couple bucks on on Najee Harris being the first overall. I mean, I don't think he should be, but I, I could see it, you know. Travis Antien is, is just exploded. I, I think he's the clear, absolutely the clear favorite there to me. A hundred percent, but... I'm not sitting in those draft rooms. I keep hearing Najee Harris's name being brought up. Since we are talking a little bit about the draft, let's talk a little bit more, right? Let's have a little bit more of a conversation uh, because I did say Mac Jones is skyrocketing, right? So number one, Trevor Lawrence with a bullet. I don't think we even have to have to go near that, right? Um, Trevor Lawrence will absolutely go number one overall. I, I don't. It, it, at DraftKings, it's ten thousand to one. <laughs> you know. I mean, Zach Wilson at plus thirteen hundred, Justin Fields at, at plus twenty five hundred, Penny Sewell at forty to one. If they do, could you imagine if Jacksonville took Penny Sewell at number one overall with all these quarterbacks in there? Could you imagine that? Oh my goodness. Uh so yeah, I, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Now, Mac Jones is skyrocketing up the list. We for months we knew Lawrence was going one. There was a little bit. There was about this much debate about if if. Maybe he was losing his footing, and maybe it would be Fields, and then it was, ah, come on, come on, come on. It's going to be Lawrence. So Lawrence is one. And then we had the debate. For a while, it was pretty sure that it was going to be Fields. Then I was rather convinced it was going to be Wilson. Now it's gone back into a position where I'm going, nah, it's probably going to be Fields again. Um, Fields and Wilson back and forth. Trey Lance had a pro day. People started talking about Trey Lance. Now, Mac Jones is skyrocketing up the list. And let me talk to you about the number three overall pick. Because at two, nobody knows what's going on. Let's talk about the number three overall pick. I have some odds. Mac Jones, huge pro day after the trade. Here's what's going on, right? Mac Jones, before the trade, was plus 140 to go to number three overall. Now he's plus 175. Justin Fields is plus 160. He's gone down a little bit to plus 150. Trey Lance is 175. He's now 150. So Mac Jones, I keep hearing that he's getting all kinds of momentum. Guys, he's in the conversation. Now, I know he lost a little bit here, but, but he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation for number three overall. This is a player that I thought maybe the Bears had a shot at, at 20. And all of a sudden, these pro days have just skyrocketed these teams all the way up. Jones measured six foot five. Uh, I'm sorry, six foot two and a half, uh, 217. He looked good. He looked very good. And the big knock on Jones is going to be well, he had Devontae Smith. He had Jalen Waddell. He had Najee Harris, right? I mean, that's who he had. All three of these guys are going in the first round. Zach Wilson is right now the favorite to go number two. He's minus 500. That's going to be an interesting bet. I don't think you could take it. I don't because I don't know the Jets' mentality. I don't know where the Jets' mindset is. I really don't. It's the Jets. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the Jets. Does anybody in that organization know what's going on? So if you're looking to make some some draft day bets, over the next 30 days, we're going to have uh, Tony Paulino with us. We're, we're going to talk about it. I don't see much value here. To me, this is a draft where you're going to have to get massively creative with if you want to make some money on the draft. And I'll always throw a little bit of money on the draft, you know. Uh, But you're going to have to really go out there and and be diligent. I think that the Jets pick just is everything. I might have to make some in-game bets, (laughs) right, some in-game draft bets. Because the number one overall pick is set. There's no way to make money on that unless you're you're one of these crazy millionaires listening to me. And if you are, I, I need some 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 support, please. But if you're one of these crazy millionaires and you want to go, you know, crazy at, uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to win like ten grand, well, knock yourself out. But other than that, there's no question about number one overall. Number two, I don't care if you think it's Wilson or not. First of all, you're gonna lay five to one on Wilson. You're not laying five to one on Wilson. It, it's incredibly insane. And the idea that the New York Jets may not trade uh may not get him and they may trade donald or they might not or they may trade out somebody might take the jet spot or they might just take sewell or Pitts. like jets are too random and the variables are all over the place so you can't really do that which means you can't really pick any new quarterback order you can't go to three you can't go to four like because the jets are everything so the quarterback discussion's out it's almost impossible to pick the first five or, or first 10 guys that's out I gave you the running back. You can make a little bit of money there. If you really believe NTN or Najee Harris is better than the other guy, you can make a little bit of money on that market. And then we have the wide receiver market, right? Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Rashad Bateman are all up there. I mean, you could go even into, into Rondell Moore, St. Brown, Wallace. You could go into all of that. And then we start talking about the odds. So let's have the conversation about the odds. Jamar Chase is leading the way. Not the Heisman Trophy candidate or winner. Not him. Jamar Chase, I mentioned this to Tony Pauline in the offseason. We had a conversation about it. And he basically said, Tom, De- you know Devontae Smith is going to go number one. Well, uh, things have changed. It's not Tony's fault. Things have changed. Jamar Chase is now minus 220. Minus 220 to go number one as a number one wide receiver. Devontae Smith plus 150. And Jalen Waddell all the way down to plus 1,000. This is where you could make a little bit of money. If you want to just bet against Jamar Chase, right? Just go anti-Jamar Chase. Maybe you could make some money here. Like I said, who's going to take the first wide receiver? You know, it's not going to be Jacksonville. Do the Jets take a wide receiver at 2? I can't imagine that they do. They need a wide receiver, okay? I, I get that. But I can't imagine that the Jets take a receiver at two. I think it would be very, very questioned. Especially the wide receiver that I think that they would would go after would be Devontae Smith. Ah, Heisman Trophy winner. He's explosive. He's a big name. He's coming to town uh, you know, with Sam Darnold. And Jamar Chase is the betting favorite. So I don't think the Jets take it at two. Niners, they, they, are, they are not taking a wide receiver at three. Atlanta is not taking a wide receiver at four Cincinnati at five I mean stranger things have happened you go get burrow an extra weapon Jamar Chase is literally his wide receiver right coming from the same school I'm trying to I'm trying to convince myself into it right you, you hear my, my inflection in my voice I'm trying to trying to convince myself trying a little bit I'm not buying it no Cincinnati doesn't go there Miami at six. Maybe do they do they turn down Kyle Pitts for a uh, Jamar Chase? I don't think so because they just picked up Will Fuller. So we're gonna go six, seven. Detroit. This makes sense. This makes a lot of sense at seven. Carolina's gonna go quarterback if they can. Denver's gonna go quarterback if they can. Giants just picked up Galladay, and then the Eagles at twelve. So if Detroit passes on a on a wide receiver at seven, the next wide receiver is gonna be Philly at twelve. So if you want to start making bets. Start listening to the conversation that is, who does Detroit like, right? Who does Detroit like? Who does Philly like? And if you could take a shot and say, you know, oh, listen, I hear that Philly actually likes you know Waddle better. Or Philly likes, uh, you know, Smith better. or, or, Or they don't like Chase. If you start to hear some of that stuff, maybe you could make a little bit of money there. But I'm telling you, it is a tough situation to bet on this year. And it's tough. Because of, really, because of the New York Jets. The New York Jets are the team that makes this very, very hard. It makes it really tough because you don't know who's going to. And just to complete those odds, by the way, of the number two overall in the draft, uh, Zach Wilson's minus 500. Justin Fields plus about 300. uh, Trey Lance plus about seven. Penny Sewell plus 1,200. There's a shot. I mean, plus 1,200. Penny Sewell, if they just decide to keep Sam Donald, that might not be terrible. That might not be terrible. Uh, Trevor Lawrence plus sixteen. Come on! I wish you guys could see my face. Come on, Jamar Chase twenty-two to one, and Devonte Smith fifty to one. If you think that the New York Jets are going to take a quarter a wide receiver at number two, load up on both of these bets. <laughs> I mean, just load up, right? Go crazy. I mean, if you really want to, if you're convinced that Sam Donald's the guy in New York, if that's what your assessment is that Sam Donald's the guy. Why not take uh, 100 bucks on Penny Sewell, 12 to 100 bucks, at Jamar Chase at 22 to 100 bucks on Devontae Smith? You got 300 bucks laying out there, right? If Sewell it's 12 to 1, after the Vigs, you, you you win, you know, 1,000 bucks. Jamar Chase it, you win, you know, 19. Devontae Smith wins, you you win 48. I mean, it, it's it's a strategy. <laughs> I don't think it's a great strategy, but it's, it is certainly a strategy. Um, and then the last thing I want to discuss, just because I, I did touch on it, Okay, Uh, But the odds, it's just impossible here. I already just told you. Trevor Lawrence is going in the first round. He's going number one. It's either going to be Fields or Wilson, so that makes three. Trey Lance is going in the first round. That's four. And I have Mac Jones going in the first ten picks at number five. The over-under for how many quarterbacks will be drafted in the first round is sitting at four and a half. Over is minus 500. Under is about plus 350. So I'm certainly going over there, but I don't know if I could lay five to one. If there was ever a bet to do it, that's the bet to do it. Mac Jones is being picked in the first round. And that's all you really need to have the conversation. Is Mac Jones going in the first round? If you believe Mac Jones is going in the first round, boom, I just made you money. I just made you money. All right, guys. Look. This is all into the future. We know that that this is down the road into the future. Uh, when we're talking about the draft, we have 30 days to get into it. We have 30 days that we will continue to go back and forth about it. And that's into the future. And right now, let's go bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet, bet to, to the to future. The future. Bet to the future. Oh, we're going to bet to the future with an eye on the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets made huge changes. Oh, man, everyone wants to play for the Nets, right? Aldridge's coming. Everyone's coming. Oh, they're all coming. Well, what were their odds? Well, their odds right now are exactly even money to win the Eastern Conference. That is bet to the future. And I do want to talk a little bit about the NBA here because, um, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, everyone's joining them. Every Everybody's coming on this team. I got a couple of things. First of all, didn't Kevin Durant tell us that the reason why he left for the Warriors super team was because he wanted to do it on his own? Isn't that a thing? Wasn't that a thing? I mean, you know, is this the Mandela effect, right? Like, I, I forget. Something. Oh, we all knew. No. Kevin Durant used to rip super teams. Kevin Durant then went to a super team. Then he left a super team saying, oh, I got to do this on my own. On your own? How about how about this, Kevin? You got Kyrie. You have Harden, who might win the MVP. You got Blake Griffin. Yeah, like, Michael Jordan's coming back. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. This net team is stacked. Stacked with talent. And they are now exactly even money to win the East. As well they should be. You know, as well they should be. They're doing a lot of this. Look, I know they're, uh, as of, of this recording, we're, what we're talking about right now is they're a half a game back, right, of the best record in the East. Um, but it doesn't really matter. They, they they are a better team than anyone fighting for the playoffs, better team than, obviously, Chicago, Indiana, Miami. They are a better team than Boston. They're a better team than Atlanta, better team than the Knicks, better team than Charlotte. Milwaukee and Philly are the only two competitors, and, and right now – Brooklyn's untouched. I mean, they are even money for a reason. I think it's kind of a value right now. (laughs) I do. It's crazy to say, but I think there's some value at even money. The only question that I would have here, the thing that would worry me about the Nets is the injuries. Um, Look, Durant is coming back. Blake Griffin's coming back. Kyrie's been up and down. They, They are a fragile team. And you can't predict injuries. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm actually surprised that it's not more. I'm surprised that you could get Brooklyn at even money. I mean, I, I might be driving to Jersey tonight and go go throw a couple of uh, big ones on this one. I, I mean, I'm not a Brooklyn fan here, guys. I, I'm just looking at it. The, the Brooklyn Nets at even money to win the East makes a ton of sense. A ton of sense. I'm not talking about winning the championship because a lot of people, when you talk about futures bets, a lot of people do that. They kind of focus in on strictly, oh, okay, win a championship, championship, championship. Uh, but then you face the Lakers or oh, whoever, you know. No, no, no. Give me the East at even money. I don't need a big payday. Give me the East at even money. Um, the other competitors here, Philly is plus 550. Uh, 76ers are a team that Joel Embiid, if he's healthy, are as dangerous as anybody. But Joel Embiid is just never healthy. Right, I mean, they just never, ever healthy. This is a Joel Embiid-led team. Can Philly elevate when they get to the players with Simmons and Embiid? Can they elevate? I don't know. I know. As say what you want about Harden, okay. I, I know that he's not even the main guy. I know Durant elevates. I think Durant's elevation will help Harden's elevation. I know Kyrie elevates during the postseason. I, I, you look at the veterans on that team, I feel like they can elevate. I'm not sure about Philly. Plus 550, it's a good number if you, you're just betting against the Nets. I just don't know if you can bet against the Nets there. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's a tough bet. Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a team I, I keep hyping up. I keep going, all right, here we go. Milwaukee Bucks, here we go, man. You know what? It's gonna. They're going to turn it on. They're going to turn it on. And every time I look at them turning it on, they, they just turn it off. Right? I mean they're one game over 500 on the road that that's not inspiring any confidence in me. Now getting into the playoffs Greek freak might turn it on. he might just completely take games over by himself. Um, look, it happens. it happens. I like Milwaukee more than most and I'm not betting I'm not betting against them. Charlotte, nah, you know what for me, Charlotte's just not that team. you can't be under 500 on the road and really have me believing in in much of anything. The Knicks are insanely surprising this year. They're playing over 500 ball. They played close to the Nets twice. They lost by seven and five. Um, This is a team, again, they're under 500 away. Um, They are not playing well in their division either, but it doesn't really matter. The Knicks are a fun team. They're not a threat. Atlanta's not a threat, right? Miami, they grabbed Victor Aldipo. They are, you know, plus 1,000. 10 to 1 odds. 10 to 1 odds is not terrible. They are squeaking into the playoffs. you don't want you don't want to face you really don't want to face the Nets in the first round and it might be kind of coming down to that point where you're going to face the next, uh, Nets or the Sixers. They face the Sixers, maybe you we'll would take a look. Boston's a team you know that you know I've been on Boston. I like Boston. I love the coaching in Boston. Uh, they grabbed Evan Fournier, big move. I, I'm I'm telling you that's exactly what they needed. Twelve to one odds. Okay, I'm looking at Boston. I'm going. But do you even make the playoffs? You're under 500. This team's under 500. Now, if there's any team with the talent to turn it on and scare Brooklyn, this Boston team is. But I can't take them even at 12 to one odds. And then we have the Bulls. You know, the Bulls are a team right now that are battling. They're not battling for anything that that I really, you know, would even take a look at. But you can get them plus money to make the playoffs. If you're going to make a playoff push, you get them plus money. To me, this is Brooklyn and everybody else. I mean, Philly, Milwaukee will put a scare into them. I don't believe in Miami, Boston. I said they're talented, but, you know, they haven't put it together. Atlanta, the Knicks, Charlotte, they're all jokes. So this is a three-team race. It's Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly. I, I look at just the makeup of the East. Philly scares me. Milwaukee hasn't played to their potential. I'm telling you guys, even money with the Nets makes a lot of sense in this spot. How about the West? Now, the West, we got some things going on in the West. So the Jazz are still holding on to that number one spot. Phoenix is two. The Clippers are three. The Lakers have fallen all the way back to the four seed. And the Lakers are only a game out of being uh, a seven seed because Denver and Portland are right there. Dallas is squeaking into the playoffs. I, I think they're massively dangerous, by the way. Dallas squeaking into the playoffs. San Antonio's holding on to that spot, but Memphis and Golden State are right there. Sacramento's not that far down. I thought Sacramento was going to have the worst year that, that we've seen. I thought they were the worst team in the league. Uh, and the Pelicans are kind of falling out of the race here, but they're not completely dead. I don't think the Pelicans or the Kings make a push. So who gets in here? You look at it, Golden State, you look at it, Memphis, you look at San Antonio, Dallas. Those are the four teams for two spots. I've always believed in Dallas's talent. And I believe if you have that guy, and they do in, in Luka Doncic, if you have that guy, it helps a lot. I think the Spurs are ripe for a fall. I picked them not to make the playoffs this year. And I don't really see much to, to tell me differently. They can't win at home. This is a team completely the opposite. They can't win at home. They win on the road. I don't know what they can do to kind of fix this, which is a problem. Golden State, they're the team you kind of want to root for to get in there, right? Don't you want to see Curry in the playoffs? I do. So I'm going to take that team. And Memphis has nothing against them. I, I really do. I, although Morant would be fun in the playoffs. I just want to see Curry in a first round in the playoffs. So I'll push them through. But look, none of these teams are actually competitors. Uh, the the big-time guys. One through six, you could make an argument for, okay? Okay. Utah has done it all year. Utah has the defense. If Mitchell and Gobert are playing in sync with them, and last week we saw a couple of games back to back, Donovan Mitchell scoring thirty—that was impressive. And you turn around and you look at what Gobert can do, who is just you know double waiting, uh, double double waiting every single night. They were quiet at the trade deadline. They're four to one plus four hundred to win the West. Everyone staring at the Lakers. You know, I might have to say Utah makes sense. At four to one odds, they make some sense here. Just to give you a comparison sake, right? Um Phoenix is is a team that I don't really buy into, but let's get, take a comparison sake about the Clippers and the Lakers, right? The Lakers are plus one ninety to win. The Lakers plus one ninety, they might be a seven seed. Right? I'm, I'm dead serious, but, but this time next week, they might, forget about it, next week, this time in two days from now, they might be a seven seed, right? LeBron's out with injuries. I get it. Anthony Davis out with injuries. I get it, okay? But Anthony Davis doesn't have a timetable when he's going to return. LeBron James is out a month and a half, okay? Um, they tried to push for Kyle Lowry, didn't get him. This is going to hurt their seeding. They're going to have to go through uh, maybe a six seed, maybe a seven seed. Right? I mean, this is what's going to have to happen here. And you can hope all you want, Laker fans, that LeBron and Davis come back. They hit the ground running. There's no lingering effects. Oh, everything's okay. And they fall into it. And maybe they would. If they were a one seed and they were playing a lesser team, maybe. If this was a different kind of Western conference, maybe. But if they're sitting there and they have to take on Utah or the Clippers in the first round, which is very possible, I don't know. If they're going to be able to bounce back immediately, there's no way I'm taking the Lakers plus 190. No chance. And it's a crazy bet. Speaking of the Clippers, they're 2-1. to one. They're second best favorites here. And the Clippers are a, third, a three seed, okay? They're a three seed. They'll probably get back into that two range. But they're not far from falling out of this thing. Now, they don't have the injuries like the Lakers, obviously, okay? They did... Uh, make a trade. They sent Lou Williams for John Rondo. Um, you know, Beverly just doesn't look like the guy. anymore. I, I get it. I get, I, I I don't love the move. All right, fine. I could live with that kind of move. I, I could live with the move. And you, but you look at the Clippers and you go at two to one. I almost feel better about the Clippers than I do. The Lakers at basically two to one, the Lakers are this. I just don't, I can't go out there and put my hard on money on medicals that we don't know it's not these are not short injuries Anthony Davis doesn't have a timeline LeBron's out for a month and a half you know, can they come back before the playoffs sure this is not a team that's played together a long time right I, you know I, I think people that are loading up on the Lakers is a little crazy right now and this is sometimes when you see an injury or a downtrend sometimes the market correction you go oh this is the time to jump on it they'll be fine the Lakers are two to one it's why? why where are you jumping why are you going near this And the last team I want to talk to you about is the Denver Nuggets, who have the Joker, who's playing at MVP level. He might win the MVP, 9-1 to odds. Now, right before the trade deadline, we sat here, and I told you guys, uh, you know, before the All-Star break, I told you, watch out for Denver. Then before the trade deadline, I said, watch out. Denver's really, they're impressive now. Denver's streaking in the right direction, okay? Denver has turned it on. They found their rhythm. They're a five seed right now. Wouldn't shock me if they get all the way up to the three seed. I mean, that's who Denver is. They're a very good regular season team. One of these years, they're going to kind of go through it. Remember, last year, they, they upset they upset the Clippers, right? So they added Aaron Gordon. Oh, that, that's interesting. Michael Porter with him. Jamar Murray uh, with him. I, I see this team and I go, everyone's staring at L.A. here. Everyone is just keeping their attention flat on L.A., L.A. Why? They want Clippers. They want Lakers. Everybody wants the Clippers and the Lakers. And I get it. We didn't get it last year in the bubble. We all had—look, the offseason was LeBron's going to the Lakers, Davis is going to the Lakers, and uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's going to the Clippers, and he's bringing over some friends, and, oh, here we go, the mega powers collide like Macho Man and Hogan, right? I mean, this is what it was. This is what we wanted. As sports fans, as NBA fans, this is what everybody wanted, and we didn't get it. We didn't get it because Denver was a little bit better. We didn't get it, okay? And that—it is what it is. Eh— Shortened season, no problem. COVID, no big deal. Okay, move on. Now we get a full season, and we got it again. Here we go. This is the year. Leonard against LeBron. Oh, it's going to be great. Here we go. L.A. against L.A. L.A. against L.A. I'm telling you now, wouldn't shock me to see Denver against Utah. Wouldn't shock me. Denver against Utah, they're playing the best right now. I think they both have staying power. And if there was a bet right now, uh, to bet against that, right? I mean, why not sprinkle a little bit on Denver to win the West, nine to one odds. Sprinkle a little bit on Utah to win the West at four to one odds. You're basically betting against the L.A. teams, and I'm okay with that. If there was a prop bet, and I'm sure there is. You guys, write, 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 write to me. Right? It's over at uh, uh Sports Garden on Twitter, Sports Garden And write to me. Send it to me. Send me what sports book is out there that is offering bet against L.A. Just the anti-LA, the anti-LA Lakers and Clippers uh, kind of situation. That's what I'm going with. So talk to a little NFL. I know you guys are all college basketball. Next week, we'll, we'll touch on uh, college basketball. We'll get into the finals and see, uh, you know, Who's going to hoist that trophy and rip down the nets and everything else? But I wanted to touch on NBA because I think there's some value here. And I thought it was impactful to touch on the the NBA the NFL draft before people start getting crazy about it. You can find some areas. You have to be very smart, but you can find some areas. All right, guys. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back. And you can bet on that.